This season of My Comic Shop History began with the question, what makes a collector? Which we have sought to answer over the past 11 episodes. We offered some practical advice on collecting original art and pops, and we also got at some deeper ideas as we explored how and why people collect. We analyzed the completist mentality many of us struggle with, reflected on our introductions to this hobby and our fandom, and most recently discussed how fatherhood and collecting intersect. Along the way, we took some detours to discuss DC New Frontier, Batman v Superman, self-publishing, comics journalism, and the fate of former alternate realities owner Steve Odo. Now, in our final episode of the season, we try to solve the final piece of the puzzle. Can you go home again? How do you sustain your passion for this hobby? And if you lose it, can you get it back? Can you find a rebirth as a collector? This is the season two finale of My Comic Shop History. Dan, take us away. Welcome to the season two finale of My Comic Shop History. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. We are here once again at Spider's Web in Yonkers on Batman Day, and I am joined by two very special guests across from me at the table here. Uh, first, we have Mr. Mike Capolino. Mike, welcome back to the show. The last time you were on the show was episode two of season one, and yeah, that was the last time yeah. I saw you, I think. It's great to be back. Uh, you know, this is a lot of fun. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, of you, my man, and all your work. So uh, I'm psyched to be here and have this, uh, have this conversation, share it with everybody. All right, well, terrific. We're glad to have you. And we also are welcoming a new voice to the show. Even in the final episode, we're bringing in new voices <laughs> to the show. I'm very excited to welcome Mr. Craig Higgins. Good to be here. Uh, I've known Anthony for a while from the shop, uh, from the old um, alternate reality shop. So it's good to be part of the podcast. That's right. You two are both uh, former alternate That's realities right. regulars who That's never right. formally yep. met. But as soon as you both walked into the store today, there was that instant recognition. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was your number? 122. Oh, 777. <laughs> Say, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, you know, uh, for a little throwback alternate realities talk, the numbering system was interesting because for a, a long period, it just like you were assigned a number based on the order in which you signed up. But then it got to a point where people were allowed to just pick their own numbers. <laughs> we didn't actually have close to 800 regular oh, customers. No, 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 no. No, th there's a story behind that, which we may get into at some point. But uh, yeah, Actually, yes, that is one of okay. the things that I wanted to mention at the top here. Yeah. So, Craig, when I reached out to you, uh, this was much earlier in the season, and I reached out to you about being a part of, of season two of the show. And at the time, the idea that I had was to do an episode on unlikely collectors. And I ended up not devoting an entire episode to that. But since you're here, maybe we could explain why you might fall into that category of unlikely collector. Well, I don't, I don't know that that's true that I'm really that unlikely. But I think <laughs> the reason people think that is I'm the only guy who probably ever walked into alternate realities wearing a clerical collar. I'm actually a Presbyterian <laughs> pastor. And people go, what? ministers read comic books and uh, yeah they're actually a pretty good number of us mm -hmm. who do and that's where the number comes from because Steve Odo said oh wait you're a man of the cloth I'm giving you 666 
for those of you who don't know from your apocalyptic <laughs> literature and horror movies, that's the mark of the oh, beast so. in the book of Revelation. And I said, ah, Steve, it's a comic shop. You know somebody's already claimed that number, and someone had. <laughs> so that's how I ended up at 777. <laughs> that's terrific. Very nice. Very nice. Well, your comic shop histories, you know, that's always a, a question that I, mm-hmm. I ask our guests, and, and I want to get into that. So as I mentioned in my little preamble there, sort of the, the theme of this episode is rebirth. So over the past few months, I've sort of sub- subjected myself to a little experiment where I had not read or collected comic books on a monthly basis or a weekly basis for quite some time. It had been a few years and DC announced their rebirth initiative where they were relaunching their entire line of books and the idea and the goal was to sort of reintroduce elements of the characters and the continuity that DC had moved away from the last time they did a, a relaunch with the new 52. So you know, when they did 52, all of a sudden Superman went from, you know, he was married, his parents, or one of his parents was alive, and now in the new 52, you know, he and Lois were not together, she didn't know his secret identity, both of his adoptive parents were dead. You know, it was a bit of a shift, and all, the, all of those elements that I just mentioned were aspects of the character I liked a lot, and I think that was a big part of the reason why I wasn't really that interested. And why I was interested when they announced Rebirth, and the fact that all of these things were going to be coming back. So, I thought to myself, well, it would be interesting, because I, I missed... I missed coming to the shop on a Wednesday and getting my books. More than that, I missed being excited for New Comic Book Day. So I thought, let me give this a shot. And that was actually part of the, the origin of this season. So early on, I, I thought that maybe uh, the episodes would, would be more about the Rebirth books and we'd be talking about them and ended up going in a different direction. But Rebirth was kind of part of the reason why this season came to be, because it made me think about my own collecting habits and, and my history as a collector. Uh, so it's been a few months now. Actually, I think it was mid-April or so, and I came here to Spider's Web, and I sat at this very table, and I filled out my first pull sheet in years. Uh, and so over the past few months, I've been coming here every week or every other week uh, and picking up my books. And the results have been, I've talked about this on the show now and then, but the results have been a little bit mixed for me. Uh, I don't know that Rebirth has quite reignited my interest to the extent that I hoped it would. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to get at with you guys here today, is to talk about the ebbs and flows in, in our collecting careers. Because as I've experienced myself, and as I've, I've heard from a lot of people over the years at the shop and on the podcast, at conventions, things like that, it, it, it can be hard to sustain over such a, a long period of time. So mm-hmm. yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of what I want to get into. Uh, before we really dive in, if you'll indulge me, uh, we're, we're at the season finale here, so I just want to take a moment and acknowledge some people who helped make this show uh, happen over, over this season. So uh, primarily we've recorded here at Spider's Web in Yonkers, uh, owned and run by Paul Barrero. We've also done some episodes at Aw Yeah Comics in Harrison, run by uh, Mark Hammond. Uh, and we also did our big Pops episode at Undiscovered Realm in Hartsdale, and that was with our good friend uh, Chris Wilcock. So I want to thank all three of those guys uh, for having us and being so supportive of the show. Um, for people who are in the Westchester area, I really encourage them to check out these stores. Uh, I'm not just saying that because they've been, they've been very good to yeah. me. They are great shops. Yeah, Spider's Web's awesome place. My new shop, great place. My first time at Spider's Web, but I live five minutes from All Yeah over in Harrison, and it's a great place. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I know comic shops. No. I, don't, I, I can't say that about a lot of things, but I know comic shops, and no. these are some great stores, and I encourage people to check them out. 
Uh, I also want to thank my my guardian angel in Australia, Dan Dan Pritchard. <laughs> Dan did the awesome theme music that you hear at the beginning and end of every episode. Uh, he also stepped in and helped me uh, on a technical matter uh, last minute on one of the episodes uh, and has been a, a tremendous supporter as well. So thank you to Dan. Uh, my As always, I must thank my, my soon-to-be wife, Stephanie. Um, we're recording this three weeks from the wedding, and it will Holy air, God. and it's going to air three days before the wedding. So, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, her, her support and encouragement He's is always... He's sweating profusely right now, everybody. <laughs> it's, just, it's a little warm in here, that's why. Uh, no, but I, I couldn't be more excited, and, um, you know, she's been, she's always so supportive, so supportive and encouraging, and she hears me editing these episodes <laughs> all hours of the night, so uh, thank you to her. My guests, I mean, you know, you guys here and everyone who's been on the show, everybody comes ready to play and with great insight. Uh, a lot of people come with notes. You guys didn't. That's okay. I'm not. That's not a. That's <laughs> all good. Mental notes. Yeah, Mental yeah, notes. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But I mean, some people come with notes, and it's just. Uh, it's I actually just tracked down what my. F- I actually went and tracked down what my first comic was because I. I always forget the exact number of it, but there's. I know the cover like at back of my hands. So oh, stuff nice. like that. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah, I mean, everyone just comes ready to play and with a lot of enthusiasm. And so I, I really appreciate I mean, the show, there would be no show. <laughs> so <laughs> Similarly, there would really not be much of a show if nobody was listening to it. So, I, I, you know, last but certainly not least, I really want to thank everyone who has listened to the show. Uh, especially people, you know, who listened to the first season and enjoyed the alternate reality saga and stuck with us for this new version of the show. You know, this show underwent a rebirth of sorts um, as we moved in a different direction. So for everyone who, who stuck with it, I really appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion on collecting. And for people who maybe missed out on the first season and decided to just jump in with this, you know, thank you too and and welcome, and I hope you stick with it. As for the future of the show, uh, we are going to do another Christmas special, uh, so that'll be out sometime in December. Uh, And beyond that, there will be a season three. Don't know exactly uh, when or what it will be. It hasn't fully revealed itself to me yet, but uh, it will, and I'm excited, and I have a couple of ideas. Uh, so there will be more My Comic Shop history. All right. Well, thank you guys for indulging me in that. And uh, I guess let's, you know, let's get into this here. So, Mike, when I interviewed you for My Comic Shop documentary, this was a number of years ago yeah. now. Yeah. You said wow. something that uh, it stood out to me when you said it in the episode. It made it into the movie. It's in the, the introductory sequence where everyone's talking about how they got into comics. And it's definitely something that's been in my head as I've been doing these episodes and planning for this finale. So you talked about how you were into comics, then you fell out of it, and then you got back into it again. And you said that when you did, it was like reconnecting with old friends. And I mentioned my rebirth ex- experiment. I was I was hoping to have a similar experience, mm-hmm. and I found that it was more like acquaintances and mm-hmm. not like old mm-hmm. friends. I didn't really have that same experience. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and what it was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, to give you a little background, I mean, my separation was a little bit, you know, separation. <laughs> my uh, uh, time away from comics is a little bit different than yours um, because for me it had a lot to do with uh, going to college um, and, uh, and I just didn't have, I wasn't at my shop. And maybe the year before that, I got heavily into the Grateful Dead and the, thus music generally and um and and surfing and um you know and in the year before that probably you know girls so a lot of things kind of got in the way um i was still collecting comics through up until up the end of high school but then when i got to college it was just it wasn't practical i didn't have enough money time etc um when i got back into comics it was a, a slow process i started working at uh 
the bookstore at the Borders Bookstore in White Plains. Many of you may know. It was a great place, at the, definitely at the time. And I had, um, you know, I, I graduated from college and I was kind of between before. Uh, had did a year of grad school and working at the store. And there was a new comic store in the Westchester Mall, which had just opened. So I guess this must have be, it's got to be 97, um, 1997. And they, it was more, it was much more uh, minimalist than this. It was kind of, it's kind of clearly the end of the comics boom of the 90s because they could put less less product out and expect to make a week's, you know, make their money to run a store in the Westchester. I mean, it's a little ridiculous. But the one thing they had was um, they had the Frank Miller Sin City uh, graphic novels. And they intrigued me. There was, and I remember Frank Miller from Daredevil. And, um, but the few, I don't know if the first time, if you remember when you saw Sin City, it was quite different. It's quite a different, you know, it's all that yeah. negative drawing i mean essentially he's not drawing the characters he's drawing the backgrounds it's phenomenal um so anyway then and and our store had a fairly large graphic novel section and that the day after i found i remember walking in there i went back and looking for the sin city in our store to get the discount i actually found um the graphic novel for uh their collection of um squadron supreme limited series uh, Mark Grunwald series from Marvel in the 80s that I'd been a huge fan of. And it was the reprint where the, um, he, just after he died, so it was the reprint that they put his ashes in the ink, which I didn't know about till years later. Um, but I remember I picked it, I was like, oh, I remember this. And I think I was working, and I think I sat down for like 30 minutes reading it. And so that was my first kind of entrance back. And then I wandered into a more serious store in White Plains, um, which I only think of now as uh, Irene and Bishop's store. I don't even remember the name of it. <laughs> Comic Book Heaven. Comic Book Heaven, thank you. I, that was, And this was the time of the Marvel, uh, when, right after Marvel had done all the image creators and they had the, what was Reborn, Heroes Reborn, I think. Oh, yeah. And particularly uh, Kurt Busiek and George Perez on the Avengers. And the Avengers had been my book. West Coast Avengers was my favorite book and Avengers generally. So... I think unlike what you experienced, Anthony, I got lucky. Is I was first bowled over by an artwork um, that was in keeping with what I had been studying in college and learning about, um, as far as what was kind of, um, you know, I guess I, I don't want to, you know, avant-garde, the term I would have used then, but you know, it's like more progressive, and using this form that I'd always loved in a way that was completely different than I yeah. had experienced it previously, and then. I got to pick up on something and got reacquainted um, with uh, um, an object, an artwork, a story that I'd loved. And then immediately thereafter, I got one of the best versions of my favorite comic dumped, you know, was new and exciting. And everything was being built around that in a certain way. So f that's why for me it was reacquainted with old friends because, you know, Busiek was writing those characters the way I remembered them. And in more so, and, and in fact better because it was sophisticated now. And then there was also a bunch of other great works around that period. Um, Transmetropolitan Preacher, Starman, um, Top Ten, Promethea. Uh, that was a kind of renaissance of serious literary comics. Um, understanding comics, I actually read, it was one of the few th comics I read in college. So I had, when I got back into comics, I was coming with all these ideas that were they weren't getting excited about the characters themselves it was about 
uh, kind of literary, philosophical, on some level ideas that I'd been encountering that I was jazzed about from college and grad school. And like I said, I was lucky enough that the best ver one of the best versions of my favorite comic was being created new and excitingly um, at that point. So, you know, I was seeing, you know, the, the, I couldn't have described the Hawkeye that I met in those pages as being the friend that I had known when I was younger uh, prior to meeting him there because, you know, the Hawkeye that I, that was, I was a fan of from Avengers West Coast and, and whatnot wasn't that wasn't that sophisticated he was it was you know was drawn more for younger kids so um so that's really where and and uh I, so i got really lucky there and um you know i got to reacquaint myself with that and i found uh, a great shop soon after where i felt comfortable walking in and hanging out um i think i was starting to go to alternate rallies within about a year or two by 99 definitely but i think by 98 i was already going there regularly um, and I had, you know, dug through back issues. It was another thing of the right comics, the ones that were still good, um, reliving them. Um, New Mutants and X-Men and West Coast Avengers, stuff that I still reread to this day uh, and enjoy. Um, and that helped. That was the spark, uh, it, it, you know, to push me along. It, you know, I had both. It was both the excitement getting back to those friends but I also had some intellectual engagement was going on I mean that was like that was the renaissance of some really serious comics being mass produced yeah. um, service was still happening at that point um, why is just a couple years later you know why the last man one of my all time favorites that's series. one of the great that's the only comic that's ever made me cry the mm -hmm. last that's, issue of the, or yeah. is that the last or second to last when uh, that moment yeah. oh man I think I dropped the comic it could be um, a whole nother podcast topic of comics that have made you cry. I can think of several. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, so uh, I hope I haven't gone on too long. You know, um, you know I don't want to. Uh, no, not at know. all. I mean, no, that that's was great. That's that fascinating. Was what I wanted to know, and yeah. you know, it's when you bring up the intellectual stimulation. That's something that I I wanted to hit on because I feel like that might be part of the problem that I'm having. I don't mean to put down the current rebirth books um, or the current superhero comics generally, but. You know, I think that's definitely part of it for me that I'm I'm not being stimulated mm -hmm. in that way the way you were with those other books mm -hmm. and the way that I've been with other books yep. in the past. Yeah. So I think that's that's definitely an aspect of yeah. it. You mentioned the shop as well, T kind of tying both seasons of the it's podcast together. I mean, I think that's a factor as well. You, you know, you, you can't discount how you could go there not thinking about having a long conversation um, or at any level. <laughs> And then an hour and a half later, you're still talking about comics, and you're talking about them on both a fanboy level, but a satisfying one. You know, um, like I think about um, was that Zach's rant from the first movie about yes. Cap, the right. most phenomenal fanboy rant ever. But it was so spot on. You know, like as far as uh, like what he talks about. So like you could get that. It's good times. The shop is definitely a part of it. But I want to turn now to Craig and get a little bit of sense of, of your comic shop history. I mean, I guess yep. most recently when we were discussing it in preparation of this episode, you mentioned how you've mostly gone digital these days. Well, I, at least I was trying for a while. Um, after the alternate reality shop closed, I decided, I did, that, well, we didn't know that Oh Yeah was coming to Harrison. Um, I didn't have a, um, you know, so without a store and a pull sheet, what do you do? I think everybody listening to this podcast knows about pull sheets, right? Where yeah. people will hold yeah. comics for you. 
Um, and plus, my uh, my wife of um, 32 years, we're recording this on her birthday, so I'll be going to join her and our daughter in Brooklyn in a little while. But um, Thank you for making time for us today. Hey, hey, hey yeah, right she's on. in Brooklyn already, so um, that, that works out well. Um, I know... Uh, she would be perfectly happy if there were a few less boxes of books around. <laughs> and I kind of joke, when people call me a collector, I go, I, that really sounds much fancier than what I am. I, I don't know that I collect comics. I really just read them. I mean, I do have boxes of them in my basement, yeah, yeah. but but I, I really just read. So um, what I've discovered, um, I found a great, we were we spent most of the summer up near Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. It's a, I was on a pastoral sabbatical, which our church does every five to seven years, and uh, found a great shop up there and realized that what I miss is being able to go into a shop and talk to people about comic books and actually say, so what's good, mm-hmm. and get recommendations. So I don't know if I'm really making the switch to the digital world or not. And uh, now with all yeah and discovering this place, um, I, it's the conversations. I, I, I actually kind of enjoy reading comic books on an iPad. is nice. Uh, the, the art kind of pops in a lot of ways. It's not. It's a good medium, uh, but it, it is more of a social experience buying comics. And uh, so I, I don't know that I'm going to fully make that switch. And, and over the summer, listen, my backpack's got a Jetpack Comics from Rochester, New Hampshire button on the back. Now it was only in there a couple of times, but. Uh, it was nice to get some recommendations. Mm-hmm. So so for me, uh, recently getting back into buying comics, I just started picking up Batman on Rebirth. I'm told that the detective is even better. Uh, but I need to pick up some of these. What you were saying, Mike, about the intellectual stimulation, um, though, is true. That's that's what the, the New 52 just lost me mm-hmm. on that. And I almost, complete, I almost quit reading DC entirely during the New 52. So... I mean, I, I am a Marvel zombie, as Anth probably widely, you know, remembers. Uh, so I, w- and that's where the collector in me comes, is that I just have this, and it it feeds a little bit. I'm a little bit OCD, and this kind of scratches that. It's just enough that it doesn't come out in a lot yeah. of other ways. Um, I mean, it's not so great. I spent a bit, m- quite a bit more than I should, but it it allows me to scratch an itch. I probably would have some other other outlets that aren't as, as positive. I, I mean, I read comics now, you know, you, I buy graphic novels. I uh, yeah. uh, read stuff on through Comixology or something like that, um, where, you know, as a kid, a pull sheet would have been a dream come true. I mean, I bought comics going to, you know, one particular pharmacy and one particular sort of gas station yeah. grocery store, and I knew a few places. I knew there was this one little convenience store between... Um, where my parents lived and where my great aunt, whose name was Iowa, mm-hmm. it looked like <laughs> Iowa, but this is Georgia, it was called Iowa, uh, where they lived that always had good books. You, you would miss comics and then find it crammed in the back of a turn oh, rack, yeah. you know, yeah. later. Uh, boy, it would, it would have been a dream come true when I was a kid. I, I, sh- I should say, I'm, I'm, I'm probably older than both of you guys. I'm, I'm uh, 55, and so... Uh, I started reading comics literally when the Batman TV show mm. was about to start in 1966. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony's probably heard this story. My, my earliest childhood memory is Christmas Eve of 1965. I was four years old, and um, my uncle Warren said to my dad, whose name was Royce, so, Royce, did you hear they're doing a Batman comic book? I said, who's Batman? 
and my uncle went back to his, he was probably 18 something still living at home mm-hmm. went back to his bedroom brought out a stack of comic books and handed them to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and you know yeah created a monster my wife yeah. would say <laughs> Yeah. Now that's a fantastic first memory. That's a great. Yeah, yeah it's a definitely. good first memory. It literally, well, at least it's the first memory I can date clearly. It's a great comic fan origin story too, man. That's a mm. good one. It's a very good one. Yeah, Christmas. There you go. He, I mean, it was, really, it was, it was Christmas. So rich, so rich. For years, I actually thought that memory must have been wrong because how could it be like Christmas Eve? A few together or something. And <laughs> Wikipedia solved the problem. I realized I had forgotten that Batman was a winter replacement show. It did not premiere in September. It premiered in January okay. of 1966. So that, so my memory was right. It really was Christmas Eve. So during those early years of, of reading and, and, yep. and collecting, you said you were mainly at you know pharmacies and grocery stores. Do you remember the first true comic shop that you encountered? Oh, gosh, yeah. Because, um, see, I, there were no comic shops. At least there were certainly no comic shops in northeast Georgia where I grew up um, I, uh, when I was a kid at all. Uh, I, so I... I became an avid reader all through my childhood, mostly DC. Although, you know, early Fantastic Four was amazing. Uh, read a lot of the Avengers, uh, but but I was a Batman guy, and I became one of those Batman guys who loved the TV show, uh, loved the comics, and then you know, when I was nine years old, and the TV shows had gone off. Of course, they made the turn where you know. Dick's going off to college, and Bruce is moving into the city, and suddenly he was the Batman, which I just hyped up my love in a whole nother level. If you've not read Glenn Weldon's history of uh, Batman that just came out within the last year or so, uh, it's amazing. And uh, I started listening to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast largely because I read Glenn Weldon's book. And uh, so I was one of those who just loved that turn. Then in late high school, most of my college years just wasn't reading at all. Comic books were, were off my radar. But uh, the laundry that I dropped my clothes off at uh, when I was a senior, I had probably senior year of college, a uh, comic shop had opened next door. And I would go in every now and then and buy something. My wife says she didn't know that. We started dating when I was a senior in college, and she swears she didn't know about that. And that when we married, she had no idea about this comic book thing. Um, by the way, she approves it. One of the things my wife often says, particularly to people in the church who are like, wait, your husband reads comic books? She goes, do you know how many smart people read comic books? Uh, so, so hey. That's right. right so, there you go. But um, uh, that comic shop opened, bought a few things here or there, and then in the uh, mid-'80s, we were living in Macon, Georgia. Uh, I was working at a church there, and uh, uh, another really good comic shop opened. And this would have been in, you know, 84, 85. And, of course, that was when all things X-Men were mm. just exploding. And so I remember going there, buying all the X-Men titles, buying all of these back issues of X-Men titles, buying the original complete guide to the Marvel Universe that came out as a, yeah. as a you know, actual periodical, getting caught up on all those things. And so then by the time we went, we moved to Philadelphia in 1986 and started grad school, immediately found a comic shop north of our house. Uh, this is, of course, when, uh, uh, you know, in, in those years was The Dark Knight, uh, Batman Year One, Watchmen. still one of my absolute, you know what, I never knew about Watchmen until my son was uh. reading it a few years ago. I, I completely missed Watchmen somehow. 
But uh, Batman Year One became one of my That's one of the favorite titles ever. And then where it became more serious was in 1989, um, I, I was starting a chapter of uh, a campus ministry called RUF at Georgia Southern University, which is down near Savannah in Statesboro, Georgia, for all the Allman Brothers fans who are listening here. And uh, no kidding, there was a shop there that was a pawn shop and comic book store, pawn, gun, and comics. <laughs> and a guy named, who was then a kid named, I mean, he was maybe 20 or so at the time, named Ted Gallup opened up a comic book shop in his dad's pawn shop and gun shop and Ted knew the comic book world backwards and forwards and so I don't I'm hoping that shop is still there if anybody who knows about it is listening uh love for you to let us know a shout out to Ted Gallup he is who got me into the whole comic shop world in a hardcore way in on a with a unpaved parking lot in Statesboro (laughs) Georgia So it seems like each of you had this, uh, it seems like one significant period where you fell out of it and then you got back into comics. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. There have been a few for me. There was that, there was that period in, uh, and actually when we moved to New York in 1994, uh, for the first few years, I didn't have a comic book shop. Very, very busy. Uh, our church is a new church development uh, so I came here as a uh, what we call a church planter. You're, you're gonna you're gonna take six couples and build a church out of this. So it wasn't a lot of free time. Uh, we had little kids. Um, my youngest daughter was born the summer we launched the new church. Mm. You know, poor 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 thing. So um, uh, it was really so. There was a period there in the late '90s when there was this wonderful well, you know, it was this creative genius, and then Marvel's collapsing, and I really wasn't reading comics. It was, uh, maybe I was at Alternate Realities a little earlier than I said. I remember um, somebody told me about Ed Brubaker's run on Captain America. And I, that, that was just world-changing for me. I had never been a Captain America fan. I'd always thought Captain Cap was kind of a cheesy character. Mm. I liked it how every now and then somebody would try to make him stand up against the system and, you know, all of this. But uh, but n- as a kid, I never... Captain America was kind of dull, you know? Uh, Quicksilver was interesting. I Some, grew up with uh, the Mark Runewald Captain America. Well, see, so, and that's man, just a was, very he different... He was cool. I have since <laughs> gone back and read those. Uh, but I missed that. And so Ed Brubaker brought me back in. And then the... Uh, Marvel Ultimate Universe mm-hmm. was, was starting up mm-hmm. and I remember looking for a comic shop because I wanted to read this Ultimate Fantastic Four series which would have been what 05 something like that and Probably somewhere around there that's yeah. when I discovered I, I literally was driving down Central Park Avenue in Scarsdale to find a different shop and I saw the sign for alternate realities oh you found the better one and went in <laughs> and went I mean, well let nice me try these guys yeah, I don't. I don't remember what the other store was even called, and that's okay. But um, I, I remember, you know, here's this, you know, this really snarky guy named Steve who ran the <laughs> shop, and I went, I'm in. I like this place, and uh, uh, they know what they're doing. My favorite Steve. This is off topic, that's but my Steve, my favorite Steve Odo memory was the whole death of Captain America arc. And I was in there on, I, I didn't often come in on Wednesdays. I would try to come in on Thursday <laughs> or Friday when it wasn't as busy. And, um, but it was, I was in there on New Comic Day, and Steve is literally just handing these out from behind the counter and going, you know you're not sending your kid to college with us, right? <laughs> 
and it was like this mantra, this litany. You know, you're not sending your kid to college, and then the next customer, you know, you're not sending. What was it this was thing? Like crushing dreams daily, or something. That's right. <laughs> and, um, shattering dreams. Shattering dreams. Uh, like I like this guy. So. Yeah, it's, I feel I'd have to I'd have to check, but I feel like that story came up in the first season. So clearly, <laughs> that really made an impression. It, it, the fact that uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the whole thing with the, the very death of first America. episode of this podcast. Um, there was a similar story. I don't know if it was Death of Captain America specifically, <laughs> but it came up. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so for each of you, you've experienced at least one, and Craig, yep. in your case, multiple rebirths as collectors, mm-hmm. and it yeah. seems like. You know, timing is re- is really important, right? Mm, yeah, so yeah. being at a place in your life, because again, you're falling out of it. You know, when you go to high school or right. college yeah. or whatever, and I think that's natural as your right. kind of priorities shift and you're focusing on different things. But you know, so the right time in your life, the right shop, the right storyline. I mean, so it seems yeah. like timing yeah. is a Absolutely. really big piece of all of that's this. That's right. I'm, yeah, I mean, I had all, all three come together. Really, you might you might say, yeah. So you're absolutely right with that. Um, yeah. I mean, in reflecting on, you know, my own history with this, I've talked many times about how I got into comics with Death of Superman, but I think my my golden age of, of reading and collecting was probably early to mid-2000s, um, and that's when I was um, in high school and starting to work at Alternate Realities, mm-hmm. and there were a number of runs at that time that I, I enjoyed so much and that I, I think still hold up today. So this was when you had, you know, Jeff Johns was just getting started. He had his Flash run, and then he mm-hmm. moved over, you know, brought back the JSA. JSA. And then obviously Hawkman and Green Lantern, Teen Titans, those would follow. But initially, you know, his Flash and JSA runs, Jeff Loeb and Joe Kelly took over the Superman books after a period that wasn't the best. Um, and, <laughs> you know, they really turned things around. Uh, Greg Rucka and Ed Brubaker on the Batman mm-hmm. books. Oh, yeah. Gotham Central. Ooh. One of my all-time, yep. all-time Amazing. favorites. Uh, Rucka was also doing Wonder Woman. You had uh, Green Arrow. You know, Kevin Smith brought him back. And then Brad Meltzer had a terrific arc after that. Um, you know, Grant Morrison, this was a little bit earlier, but Morrison and then later they Mark Wade on JLA. Yep. So there were just all of these books. And I, again, I think just the, the timing of it, working at the store and being around the stuff all the time and, and reading the books that, you know, I was enjoying. I was making money working at the store. <laughs> I was buying my books. I, you know, I was there on Wednesdays, you know, over the summer and I was getting the books first. I think it was just, uh, you know, the, the perfect storm in a great way yeah. of, of all yeah. of these things. You're, you know, definitely one here and you're never going to ha- experience that Wednesday that excitement from that period that's definitely one thing that I, I, I has been has not carried over you know where i can't wait to get home to crack open my bag and there's five issues that i have to read right away yeah. um that didn't carry over i mean you know there was things i wanted to read right away but i could you know i didn't and you being there for that period and also being like able to get you're kind of reviving on everybody else's juices from that um mm-hmm. that don't look to find again because uh, you're not. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think that was that's one the of, hard one. Yeah, one of my mistakes. I think. Uh, I think you know, <laughs> going back to Steve Odo and his Odoisms, you know, he's a big proponent of keeping your expectations low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, in fairness to to DC and Rebirth, I think I was I, I pinned too much on on Rebirth. Mm. And I will say this though: that first Wednesday, man, was I excited! I left work during lunch, drove down here, I got it. 
I may have read Rebirth in my office in the afternoon. <laughs> probably shouldn't Who's say that. Say? But they don't, you know, <laughs> they don't listen to this. That can so be I edited think, out in post-production. I don't think they even know what I do. So <laughs> I, like that I do a podcast. I, I think it's okay. Um, <laughs> but And I was super excited that day. Um, and, and it was great reading Rebirth. I enjoyed that Rebirth mm-hmm. special a lot. You know, talking about comic books that maybe make you tear up. Yeah. When, you know, Wally is saying goodbye to Barry and it seems like that's going to be it. I mean, it, it got me. Yeah. You know, it really got me. And um, so, you know, I enjoyed it and I was intrigued. The whole, you know, I guess mild spoilers. I think most people are aware of this at, at this point. You know, the whole Watchmen reveal uh, didn't really do much for me. I mean, I'm not opposed to it, but I, I wasn't necessarily jazzed by yeah. that prospect. Yeah. It just sort of was. I was more excited to have Wally back. Like, that was really cool. That was, in terms of those aspects that DC lost, I was really happy to, to see him back. And then over the, you know, the weeks and months that followed, you know, I would come here to get my stuff and I just, I didn't and i still have not achieved you know that level of excitement but as you're saying and i agree i think it's maybe unfair to expect that yeah there are sentimental connections that we have i mean there there are so many reasons you you talk about storylines and timing and stations in life but there are sentimental connections that we have with characters so for me bringing wally west back is a big deal partly because you know i was reading the Teen Titans in the 60s. Um, I'm one of those who experienced the whole 70s where the Titans, very much like uh, the Green Lantern, Green Arrow run, where the Titans gave up their powers and their costumes and run around working for social good. Come on, as a little kid, we'd be running around in the backyard of our friends' houses playing superheroes, and Kid Flash was one of the characters I like to play. the first time I ever remember crying at a comic book was when um, Johnny Storm and Crystal the Inhuman broke up. <laughs> I can It's one of those moments where I can still remember we were... What I was a romantic. In, yeah. I, I was. I was in the sixth grade, and uh, we were going to Disney World over the Christmas vacation uh, in a, in a uh, piggyback camper. You're old enough to remember those. The campers that sat in the back of a pickup truck mm. and all of that. That's what we had. And uh, so the first night, we were going to Disney World the next day, and uh, we were camping in Ocala, Florida, when that was a little small town, and we had stopped to buy gas, and I noticed they had comic books, and uh, there was the new Fantastic Four, and it's the one where Crystal tells Johnny she's leaving him for Pietro um, the Quicksilver. And uh, literally, I'm, I'm just, it made me cry. It was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is so sad. And... Um, so that's it. We have these sentimental connections with characters that we loved. Um, so finding that first uh, joy of, oh, I'm, what happened to these people? Yeah, for me, it's been, it's about stories. It really is. Um, and, and there are some good storytellers out there in the comic book world. And that's yeah. why when you pick up a storyline that, that doesn't tell the story that way, it, it's painful. Right. For me, New 52, the the first one I read that kind of poisoned me for everything was uh, was JLA. And I enjoyed the art. It was Jim Lee, uh, right, who did the art for that. Yep. Uh, we're, where we're sitting, we're looking at the uh, the Hush poster kind of on the back wall of, uh, of uh, Spider's Web here, and uh, which was a storyline I loved. And uh, I, I enjoyed his, his take on the art. I know not everyone does, but I, but I did. Uh, and I was sort of excited about JLA. And to see how they had kind of dumbed down, dumbed down Hal Jordan to this kind of impetuous character. I'm sorry, I went. No, that's that's not that's not the Hal Jordan I know and love. Yeah. So, 
Now you bring up a no I mean, both of you bring up a number of excellent points. Part of the reason the reason I wanted Craig here, I feel like I need a little bit of spiritual counseling <laughs> because I, I suppose Sorry, I'm, been I'm off today. So, no. No. <laughs> Are you still no. on sabbatical? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll check back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Not wearing a collar, by the way. Either. No, you're never off duty in this job. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I suppose I've been wrestling with with a bit of nostalgia, and I, I don't mm -hmm. know exactly why. I mean, I, I mean, entering certainly entering a, a new phase of life. So I suppose maybe that's what's made me look back a little bit. Uh, you know, my parents sold their childhood home a couple of years ago, oh, and yeah. then the year later, alternate realities closed. Mm. So there were like these two. That, that's hard. Two big major things. Yeah. And I think it probably is both of those things that uh, you know have made me sort of look look back a little bit. And, uh, you know, with, with that wistfulness, maybe not even so much for, maybe just more so for the time than, right. you know, for right. the, the stories themselves. Uh, but it's funny when you mention... Yeah. Well, yeah. Th those are so tied together. I mean, how, how would you even separate whether it's the time or the stories? I mean, the, oh. your, your, your reaction to those first stories... You know, one of the great thing, the great thing about this medium, the greatest thing about this medium is that it's both simple and complex. Yeah, exactly. It's incredibly simple. Obviously, the whole point of it is for, you know, is to is to um, to literalize uh, language and have language to accompany that. Um, right. So it's made, you know, but at the same time, you know, the great ones are sophisticated. Um, so, uh, so I'm trying to get back on track here. Sorry about that, but um, no worries. But you know, you mentioned the um, while you think of it uh, you mentioned you know the great ones and this was something that came up in the complete run episode that i did with uh, dan greenfield mm -hmm. earlier in the season mm -hmm. and this was helpful t to me too because uh, i guess it was something that i didn't really think about all that much but you know these great stories that we always hold up as as the classics i mean for me you know something like new frontier for example we did mm -hmm. a whole episode oh, on that. one of my yeah. one of my all-time favorites we you know gotham central why the last last man you know these are not the norm as far right. as comics and, and right. certainly as far as superhero comics go, I mean, these are the exceptions. Well, that's the good. I mean, that's good because then they wouldn't be all that special and great. True. Yes. You know, I mean, I, right. You know, that, that's the one of the, the down, you know, the downsides of a renaissance is that good stuff is not so good compared to the great stuff. Um, you know, so. Uh, uh, but yeah, but it, it, it's 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 difficult to extricate, you know, those uh, the feelings about um great stories from the first time you encountered them particularly with comics because i think because of that duality because i think thank you because <laughs> i think that it um you know you 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 definitely get you can blow through a comic i mean like you, we've all read comics in in, min in a minute right i mean yeah i mean a yeah, full I was gonna, 22 page right i was gonna ask you guys because in reading these rebirth books i mean i swear i'm just like under five minutes you know especially yeah, right the nowadays the big panels you know yep. everything is is to highlight not necessarily um and and the artists are not not storytellers, they're, they're uh, portraitists, um, if you will. Um, it's a big difference from when we were getting into yes. comics, when yeah. they were storytellers. Well said. But yeah, it's, it's difficult actually because you know you you hear the you, you encounter these stories and you encounter them simply, but there's more going on, and you are actually encountering that as well. I mean, you know, as a reader, even if you're not a sophisticated enough reader to be aware of all of the levels of any given narrative, any given comic of what's going on, you actually are consuming it you know you are it's kicking in so that the next time you come to it 
uh, maybe with that, you know, it'll be more apparent, even if you're not schooled in mechan, you know, in, in techniques to uncover that sophistication, or not to uncover, but to to recognize the sophistication. Right. So they have the you get these powerful reactions because you're young, and you're excited on a on a on a visceral level, on a you know from the art, from you know there's titillation on some level. I mean, certainly that's not to be ignored. Um, and that you know, you know, on that pre-acknowledgement of erotic titillation, you know, where um, which is excitement, and but at the same time, with the great ones or with the ones that you come back to, there's a sophistication going on of a narrative, mm-hmm. and it's getting ingrained in you, and it's getting in there. So um, actually, that was one of the big things that I mean, because I went to college um, and graduate school. I studied um, literature and philosophy um, from a critical angle um, from historical but from a critical angle certainly in grad school so these were all things that when I got back into comics I started to be able to reflect on I had the tools the yeah, techniques yeah, exactly and it was it was powerful um, because uh, be, because I had not because I, I, I could recognize that I liked them on one level and now there was the second level that I could appreciate them gaining that appreciation was huge to keeping the fires going for me yep. seeing them as this as a part and parcel of, of of the the intellectual the art I was getting excited about, um, seeing you know getting being able to reflect on that and um, that helped a lot. It's a great medium uh, if you yeah. if if you want to be intellectually challenged or you're just simply looking for uh, something to read yeah. for fun at night. Comics are great for that, Phenomenal. and there's something for every taste. There's something for every level. There's something for every age group. And so for me, it's been this the reason I keep coming back. The reason there have been these constant rebirths. I mean, you guys bring up some really uh, important points about uh, comics as a medium and as an art form. Uh, and you know, it's funny. I've been talking about I've been talking about my rebirth experiment. I suppose as somewhat of a failure, but one key area where it has succeeded, and I am happy about this, is you know, not only was I not reading comic books every week, but I also wasn't really delving into my library or checking out mm. other books either. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I had pretty Thank much you. stopped, and while I haven't loved all the rebirth stuff, it has just gotten me in the in the habit and the mindset of reading comics and being interested in comics again. And so I finally, it took years, but I finally uh, started reading the Mark Wade run on Flash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which <laughs> when I was studying for the bar exam a few years ago, I mm-hmm. made a number of impulse buys, and that was one of them. I bought the the complete run uh, mm-hmm. on eBay, and it just sat in a box for the, for the past few years. Uh, I had read the end part of his run uh, a few years ago when I was really at, at the height of my collecting. Uh, actually, the way I got into Flash was at Comic Book Heaven. I remember, I was there one Wednesday, New Comic Book Day. They had all the new books out, and it was Flash 152. It was the first issue of the Dark Flash Walter West saga. Mm-hmm. And it just caught my eye, and I picked it up. And, and so I read the, the tail end of, of Wade's run, and I had gone back and read a little, like, the year or two prior to that. But for the first time, I really sat down, and I started with Born to Run. And I don't know if either of you have, have read that particular mm. story or any yeah. of his run, I but that one. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. There was, I guess if I had to boil it down to one thing, it was an element of heart that I haven't really found in, in much of what I'm currently reading. Mm. Uh, and I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Yeah. And I'm coming right at the next thing that I have to read. This I actually have read previously, but not in a very long time. But uh, The Return of Barry Allen, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah. I have very fond memories of and I can't wait to That's revisit. That's going to really hit you probably. Yeah, yeah. now, yeah. And now in one. the context <laughs> of, yeah. of his yeah, entire run. Yeah, I mean, whereas previously I had just picked up the trade and I read it in a vacuum to now mm-hmm. read it as, as, as part of the run. So I'm excited about that. And I think, you know, maybe that's how I need to think about this. Because right. expecting to 
be as excited about New Comic Book Day as I once was. I don't really think that's realistic with what's coming out and where I am in my right. life exactly. at this point. Yeah. Different stage of life. Right. Def- I think that's that maybe is the rebirth. I'm looking for a rebirth in a, in oh, a yeah. different way. Highly encourage that. I mean, the unspoken, the, 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 the part I didn't mention about my return to comics was that I went and bought, you know, I, I went through a lot of back issues and I reread a lot of what I loved yeah. getting back into the stories. So I, I mean, so that definitely helped us. I, you know, talked about meeting again the Squadron Supreme, but I reread my entire run of like West Coast Avengers to get up to, you know, the issue that I had to buy as a back issue again, you know, because uh, God forbid I didn't remember the entire sixty plus issues that came before <laughs> it. Um, but that was the jazz, and then I could smooth over the other parts. Um, I would definitely, you know, that that's y- y- do that, <laughs> you know, re- rereading the past, you know, going through the stuff. Even just flipping, you know, I don't know if you, if you oh, do yeah. the flip method right. of read sometimes, you know, if you don't have time or something, if you grab, like, um, I did the flip, I recently, I bought on eBay, not recently, this is like three or four years ago now, but the, the a run of Micronauts, which had been one of my favorite comics that I, but it will never be collected again, and I had never had a chance to revisit it. I flip read like 30 issues in one night because I could, I remember, like, I could remember the story, just yeah. like, oh, God, yeah, yeah oh, my God. <laughs> um... And that really was great. That helped. I eventually wound up rereading them again. Not all thirty yet, but um, I've been rereading them cl- more closely. But that helped, man. It just, you know. And then next time I wanted to, you know, to go to the store to see what, what was there. You know? There are certain things that I do go back and reread too. Just, yeah. just there. It, it will, and it will always whet my appetite for seeing what else is new. Yeah. Uh, from the '60s, it's the uh, Stranko run on. Um, Nick Fury, director of Shield, so agent great. of Shield, whatever it's called. I just still remember uh, the first one of those books I ever bought at a you know a pharmacy or oh, something like that was. Uh, so jealous. I've never been able to sit down in a barber chair since because there was a secret. Uh, one of the secret Shield locations yeah. was underneath <laughs> yeah, the barber shop, yeah, and the chair drops down. <laughs> but then you turn the page, and suddenly it's all this psychedelic art. And as a kid, going, "What? What is this?" Yeah. But I go back. I. I you know have that as a graphic novel now and so uh, that whole run uh there's one detective comics issue that i own it's never been republished in any of the collections that i'm aware of um from early to mid 70s um one of the first you know batman's out in the night kind of things called mm-hmm. night of the stalker where there's not a single word of dialogue coming from the batman's mouth at all he mm-hmm. never says a word uh, but it starts with a bank robbery where a child is orphaned and the whole arc is him chasing down criminals until the (laughs) end Mm -hmm. just as the sun is coming up uh, he finds the last member of the crew and that member of the crew was just a kid and uh, there's a scene of Batman holding the guy by the collar about to punch him and the kid just dissolves into tears and he drops him and runs and the very last episode is he's in the Wayne Foundation penthouse with his cowl removed looking at a picture of Thomas and Martha Wayne Mm. And it talks about how, um, you know, he, he flashes back to another sobbing boy on a street. And for this moment, he is that boy again. Mm. And it's just one of those comics I remember reading as a middle schooler, tearing up, thinking this is powerful. So there are certain ones you just go back and reread. Yeah. And that'll drive me into a store and go, yeah, i got to get some yeah, more comics. Yeah, that's definitely the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, you know, there's some magic to this hobby. And it's something yeah. that you, you can't force, as I've learned with this because I can go through the motions of filling out a poll sheet and driving to the store and grabbing my books and chatting with people here 
and going home and sitting there and, and reading, but I can't, I can't force that excitement. Right. And I can't make myself be excited about mm-hmm. it if I'm not. Like I think about the examples I always come to uh, during my high school days, the, when the final issues of Batman Hush, which mm-hmm. Craig, you mentioned mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. an identity crisis came out. Mm-hmm. I remember driving to alternate realities during my lunch period uh, as seniors, we were allowed to leave. My school, yeah. all boys Catholic school, they were very strict. Yeah. But <laughs> as seniors, you were allowed to leave campus during lunch. And I remember driving to alternate realities. And this was a couple of years before I would get a key. So <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. dared I dared to knock on the door before the store was <laughs> I was working there, but I didn't have a key. Right. And Steve let me in. He, he wasn't thrilled, I could tell, but he let me in. <laughs> and I picked up, you know, on each of those occasions, I, I picked up the, the issues. And I remember sitting in my car. I used to park off to the side. That was my spot at alternate realities, off to the side. Uh, and sitting there reading that final issue of Hush and that final issue of Identity Crisis, I remember sitting there reading it more than I remember yeah. the, the story itself. Right. Mm. But so that's, I guess, what I've sort of been trying to recapture. And over the course of our conversation, I mean, I, you know, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, what my goal now is is to be able to look back and be happy that I had that experience and that I had that excitement and not be sad Right. That I'm not feeling that now. Right. That's yeah. trying to cure myself of nostalgia, basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, well, well you know, you're, you're in a lucky period. I mean, a lot of stuff has been print now that has never been in print or hasn't been in print for decades. Um, that's great in this medium. I just wanted to mention, though, this idea of, of you know, trying to recapture that, that excitement. I, we've spoken a lot over the season about pops, and that's something that, I am excited about and I'm excited about collecting and it's organic. It's not something that I'm trying to force. Like mm-hmm. Undiscovered Realm, they just posted photos. The new uh, <laughs> Power Rangers ones and Legends <laughs> of Tomorrow pops came in and it's like, I'll be there tomorrow to pick them up and I, I'm excited <laughs> about that. And I'm psyched to pre-order the Scooby-Doo pops. All right, yeah, oh I saw those, right? Oh my God, I'm so stoked for them. Yeah. Uh, but so you know, I'm not into them at all, good. and it's like lucky. it's yeah. a slippery slope. Yeah. It really is. It's terrible. <laughs> I start. I started with Fallout ones because I collect any. I'm a huge fan of the game Fallout and Eric oh. Associated. And there's so we used to be so little merch, so I got those, and then well. <laughs> but so what I was going to ask, as far as the ritual, and I think I have a sense, at least of, of Craig's answer, because you mentioned mm-hmm. about how you don't even necessarily consider yourself a collector. But just in general, that ritual of coming to get your books mm. and collecting to whatever extent mm-hmm. you do, how much are those forces driving you mm. versus you're a fan, you're a reader? Right. Well, I did. I, I talked about earlier how this feeds a little bit of my, you know, kind of it rubs the OCD itch uh, for me, scratches it just enough. Um, so definitely that's part of it. Is I like that I have that once a week that I, you know, it's it's two. I go Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I've come back to Wednesdays here. I was Thursday d- strong. I, I for know years. you were Thursday yeah. at alternate realities. Yeah. I'd see you in there. Yeah. I moved back to Thursday here. The traffic's a little bit uh, easier on Wednesday than Thursday. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, it's, it, 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 so on some level, it does. It's it, it, the ritual of it. Um, uh, I'm big on. I mean, I think rituals are important in in, um, in human life generally. Mm-hmm. Even something as silly, you know, you know, if you will. Um, as going to the, a comic shop on a on a weekly basis or a bi-weekly basis, whatever the ritual may be, monthly, um, to feed that Jones. But uh, so I think that that's important. I don't think it's the be-all end-all. If I felt like I was on, I was not 
I was able to get as much enjoyment from just buying graphic novels on eBay or on um, Amazon, you know, because almost everything now is collected, mm -hmm. virtually everything. Yes. And uh, I mean, that's, you know, I love the image books and that's, you know, those are my favorites. Well, um, you can't sample. It's harder. It's more expensive and harder as a way to sample a graphic novel. So there's that. I'd kind of cut myself off from some of that. Um, but I, I think I would drop a lot more, and I'd be reading old stuff. All that's really all I'd be reading is, um, I mean, I'd probably stick up and get keep getting. I like I love the omnibus format. I love when, especially when they add ancillary issues. I mean, I'm such a freaking Marvel zombie dork, but yeah. um, uh, in the best way possible. Um, but yeah, I don't know that I, I think I wouldn't be in the you know into as much. But it's not only coming, which I think is what you were somewhat. Is that is 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 it is that is it a driving force? Right. No, but it's definitely um, a satisfying and comforting uh, regular regular activity mm -hmm. that I w that would keep me going uh, would have kept me going at alternate realities maybe on some level more. It, you know, I think about that. I mean, we're sitting here in Spiders. Uh, not, not to diss these guys. Yeah, it's like a, we love Spiders. <laughs> and, I mean, honestly, everyone here is, different. Is, is great. I've mentioned this in the return of, of Steve episode. You know, all these other stores that I've been going to, they're fantastic. And we couldn't, you know, the, the owners could not have been more welcoming. But there, it's just, again, it's not my comic shop, right? Right. So part of me wonders, I still feel like I would have the same reactions to the books regardless of where I'm buying them but part of me does wonder like would mm. my rebirth experience have been different had I been going to alternate realities instead I don't know uh, yes I, th I think it w I mean I'm, I'm going to jump out and say I think it would have I think you would have been you used to come and hang out at the store I mean like I would go in I mean I'm sure you so you know would go in Steve and Steve Ryan would be working but Ants there, <laughs> you know, um, you know when you, you know when you were at, uh, in, in school, you know um, mm -hmm. when you were making the doc or not even, um, not just you, Sean on his off days. I know I saw him yeah. in there. Drew, I mean, how many times I've been there? When Drew, you know, guys have stopped by that the place. You know, um, I've stopped by when it was like, hey, you know, I went to get Epstein's. Yeah, I thought I'd swing by and see what's going on. Um, the clubhouse effect and there's nothing against the you know uh, certainly against here because i think because i've seen that they do they have uh, their own kind of clubhouse yeah for sure i've seen mm -hmm. that um you know but it was it was our clubhouse yeah uh, you know or oh sure and I, I i think i bought a lot of books i i bought books that i wasn't enjoying out of a sense of loyalty yeah. i quit buying although now this this is the only thing on on um New 52, yeah, I didn't enjoy it, and uh, I kind of got the impression that Steve wasn't enjoying it either, and there was a clubhouse effect of not enjoying it together, of, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to keep reading this, and everybody else sort of well, supporting you with that. Right. I might have stuck with it longer if I were buying, if I'd been buying those on Comixology yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like if Honestly, you came in and Steve was like, oh, you got to read this, and we're all like, yeah, it's but fantastic. That's it. That's you know, it. It's, it's different. But... Um, yeah, I, 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 to some extent, the story is the story. But, um, but I mean, as we've been saying, you know, you, you associate stories with certain periods in your life. I don't think Johnny Storm breaking up with Crystal would make me cry today like it did when I was 11. Uh, you know, you and, and so the same thing is, yeah, you associate where you buy a comic with the people you were with when you yeah. bought it and what the community was like. And, of course, that's, that's a part of it. You know, this idea of going home again, I, I mentioned that at, yeah, at the top of the show, uh, and it's something that's come up 
on the podcast before, most more specifically uh, last season, when I spoke to Brandon Montclair, he's one of the former owners of Alternate Realities. He went on to be an assistant editor at DC. Uh, he's written yeah. on a freelance basis. Rocket Girl's great. For DC mm-hmm. and Marvel. And yeah, he's the writer and co-creator of Rocket Girl. And, you know, when we spoke, the store was, you know, the, the closing was uh, a little ways away. And I asked him if he would uh, stop by to say goodbye to the store. And he, he was c- kind of noncommittal, but seemed to express an openness towards towards going back but not a sentimental cat that guy no and and he did he just sort of expressed that idea of and in the documentary specifically of you know you you can't go home again and unless Mm -hmm. he visited in secret he did not come back to see the store i mean despite all the time he spent there and and despite oni and i don't say that as a criticism but it's interesting and uh so i sort of Again, that's again something I've been wrestling with myself as a as a collector, as a reader. Yeah. Can I go back to that? In the Steve episode, I I told the story of a dream that I had that AR was was open again. Yeah. And in the episode, I said to Steve, <laughs> I was like, you know, it made me feel like maybe you know one day the store could come back, like potentially I could bring the store back. Yeah. But then I don't know. I think it wouldn't you know it wouldn't be the same. Would I have a similar experience with that as I am with this, where it's like it could be the same name, it could even be the same location. It's still open. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Still vacant, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, it, it, would it be alternate realities? You know, so th- this idea of going home again it, it has certainly been on my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like because it, alternate realities. There was the real one, and then there's the one you've con- you know you've kind of we've all constructed right. that are our own. You know, memory of that. Yeah. Um, you know, can you cross the same river twice? You know, that, I think that's no. an old. Uh, I think that's uh, some. That's a variant on uh, an old Chinese proverb: is that you can't. Or I think it's actually the statement is that the Yangtze does not does not flow the same way every day or yeah. something like that. Um, you know, the idea being that, uh, you know, time, I mean, you change. Right. So, no, you know, I guess that's maybe it. And I think I, I, I don't want to I mean, I don't think you, you have been unrealistically looking for that, that, you know, that you know, that excitement. Sorry about that. Um, but on, you know, but maybe that maybe you do need to to temper it down and look for other pleasures from from the from the experience and the ritual um you know maybe maybe you go maybe you do work it out where you, you know every other it's it's every other week so that you're not rushing so that you know that you kind of make time for it right and you kind of can enjoy some of the pleasures of that are extra um a- extra comics but, you know, that points to something that I, I did want to ask you guys, and it's something that, Mike, you know, we've spoken about this before. It probably is unfair to expect, whether I'm reading the new books or even going back and revisiting some of the, you know, those runs that I mentioned. I mean, like I said, I, I do think they would hold up pretty well, but at the same time, something that I read when I was 14, mm. you know, how likely is it that I would enjoy it the same way? Is it fair to expect to enjoy it the same way at, at almost 30? You might enjoy it as much, but it will be different. Yeah. Right. Uh, to wax slightly theological, uh, C.S. Lewis, who, of course, is known to a lot of comic book people mm-hmm. because uh, a lot of us read fantasy and know The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yep. The, um, Lewis uh, often said that, he, he said, you know, theologically, we never want to say that there's any prayer that God cannot answer. But he said, but probably the best candidate for that category would be the prayer encore. Hmm. Um, and that is a theme that gets picked up in the, uh, in the Narnia series, where we have Aslan the Great Lion saying, you know, I only tell you your own story. And that, that sort of idea of your story is your story. You can't recapitulate it. You can't necessarily uh, expect someone else to experience it in exactly the same way. Hmm. And uh, that's where, yeah, 
you can still go back and revisit this stuff. Sentimentality is is um, underrated, in my opinion. I, I, I do get tired of uh, how sentimental a lot of our pop culture is in, yeah. in very manipulative ways yes. for advertising. But on the other hand, nostalgia is not a bad thing. Uh, but no, I can't. I, and that's why I can go back and read... Um, Agents of Shield with uh, Steranko in the day, and I experience it at a completely new level now, and but not exactly the same. Yeah, I think the main thing is to keep your 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 eyes, ears, mind open to what yeah. you're gonna you're gonna come to, so that it can hit you that other way, so that you can you can have that new experience of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that that's, that's right. very key. Um, I, I although again, I mean, I don't to want you know, it's it, it's like to want that that high again if you will that that excitement is not a bad thing but i think that you then can when you stop when you stop hunting it you start finding it because then you find new you know because yeah. then, yeah. then it gets it, it's i don't want to replaced may not be the correct term but it's the substituted with the, with with a, a newer enjoyment of it um you know, I still, you know, read every every few years that Squadron Supreme, man, and I still find yep. something else. And and even though I could probably, you know, there's parts of it that I, I cannot, I can close my eyes and I'm reading the dialogue. But um, I'm not expecting that same sting. I'm actually, I'm actually asking it surprise me again. Yeah, um, that's a good way to put it. And and, and you, you can't always, not everything can surprise you again. And maybe that's the surprise, maybe, you know, in the end that's a surprise uh, you don't always get the answer to the you know, that you think you're going to get when you get your answer That's right. from, That's exactly from on right. high, you know, um, from, you know, so. Uh, yeah. And, you know, something I think about is in a lot of ways, the documentaries in this podcast, I think that has been my rebirth. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. Th- th- this is your this is your comic high in a way, you know, mm-hmm. it is. I'm more I'm yep. more interested in talking about comic shops and comics and collecting than I am about necessarily doing right right, right. there's always been I don't think there's ever been a time in my life when there hasn't been something I'm looking forward to that is related at least to that whole world of comic books even in the periods when I wasn't really reading comics Again, it's this world that has given me for, for, I mean, I've been reading comic books for 50 years, um, off and on, but more on than off for those 50 years. And it's given me um, a sense of joy. This uh, mm. here, Here's something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this is certainly, this conversation has helped me come to terms with uh, <laughs> my, my collecting and my, you know, my current efforts with Rebirth. On a practical level now, though, I have to ask for no. your advice, for both of you, because I've been considering telling Paul to, you know, I was considering giving him an end, an end point, like stop pulling for me next month or the month after or at the end of the year. And I'm kind of leaning towards that. I don't know that continuing on this path is necessarily mm-hmm. what I need or want right mm. now. What, what do you guys recommend? I, mean, I think you've already made your choice, dude. I, I, that's I what think it sounds so to too. me. <laughs> um, this so is happening real time here, listeners. We're uh, so <laughs> trying I, you know, to decide something. It, it, yeah, I, you know, so I wouldn't want to, you know, to dissuade. I mean, I, I still think it's a great, you know, great hobby. Obviously, part of it. Oh yeah, and late self-interest. My weekly fix. You know, I can't. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm not uh, saying that would mean I'm giving up on comics. No, yeah, I will always enjoy and appreciate and value 
comic books as a medium. I, I don't think right. I, I would ever say, oh, I'm done with comics. But I just think, yeah, my, my time and my money would be channeled elsewhere. Yeah. That, that makes sense. You know, the one thing is you could follow comics now without reading comics because there's so much press and there's so much information available. Yes, that and not came even up. That, yeah, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but yeah. that came up when we did the Complete Run episode because... You know, we're talking about, you know, it's okay to drop a title. You don't feel like you need to keep reading it because you might miss out on a piece of the character's adventure. It's like, you probably could just piece it together on your own from the context of the issue. But if not, there are all of these places you can go and you can read a recap and you know what happened. Yeah. And, I mean, everything you're, I mean, written nowadays, I mean, you really aren't missing. You can't, you know, there's a lot not to, (laughs) that you won't be missing anything, so. I have to say for me, since, uh, since alternate realities closed last summer, Okay, I've not had a pull sheet anywhere. Um, and again, I've, the first time I've been in here, won't be the last. Um, but I live on the other side of the county, so this is not... As a matter of fact, it took me... You know, I, I used to... If I needed to go to alternate realities, it was basically a half-hour drive from my office and a half-hour back, you know. So um, uh, so I haven't had a pull sheet in a long time. Here, here's what I'm saying. It's been a fun year. Um What's been fun about it is uh, I do occasionally drift in to Oh Yeah over in Harrison, or this summer I would go in. I went into one comic shop in Old Orchard Beach, Maine. I went into a comic shop in Rochester. I looked for one up in North Conway, New Hampshire, that I couldn't find again because I was there seven years ago. I've just been drifting into comic book shops, and occasionally I'm just, you know, I'll look at the periodicals rack at a Barnes & Noble, and they'll have a few comics out, and see something and go... Oh, that looks fun. And so I have just been picking up comics. So uh, for me, it's almost been like being a kid again and walking over to Cornelia Pharmacy in Cornelia, Georgia and seeing what's on the spinner rack. And, of course, the worst then was, oh, wait, that's his Teen Titans number, you know, 92. I must have missed 91. And uh, then you couldn't find it, and now it's easy to find yeah. if you miss something yeah so. that that's a great you know that might be a way to get really invigorate the you know get the excitement because i miss finding comics um now because i've i've gone through previews i've probably pre-ordered it i've looked at it two or three times i don't read a lot of extra comic stuff i mean yeah. one of the things i wish someone would would dump on my lap like a good serious comic discussion site where that i could go to where people really talk like like you know treat it like art um you could start one yeah there you go. <laughs> uh it's true you're right um i'm sure it's out there but that you know but like i'm too lazy to go look for it or i don't I, you know i haven't i haven't really kind of searched searched it out maybe one of these days yeah. um but uh that that excitement would be a lot of fun i can imagine i can see how that yeah. would really be cool um uh i kind of like I, I every now and then i go to record stores i'm a huge music geek but i yeah. don't collect album specifically so that i can every now and then find a record store in, t- in the town and go yeah. in and be like oh this is so cool i didn't even think you know i forgot yeah. that this Same. existed that i read about this and hadn't found it you know right um so uh yeah well i must say i've really enjoyed speaking with both of you and i appreciate all of the insight and guidance that you brought to the table is there anything else that either of you would like to say um and thank you for having me um you know, again, it's been great, dude. You're, you're, you know, this, I, I'm so glad that you keep doing this. You know, you say you don't have that stoke, you know, you don't have that excitement, but I, th- I think you nailed it earlier with saying that this is where you find that stoke. Yeah. This is where you get that excitement from. I bet that you, that gearing up for each episode, you're kind of getting, you get yourself jazzed when oh, you yeah. sent us, when you sent us the notes, you know, this week, <laughs> right? Then you got, you got that little fire in the belly, right? Yeah, absolutely. See, that was, 
it's pretty you, you you're pretty extensive so uh yeah right on man it's good stuff keep it up uh, yeah you. same thanks uh, I, I got nothing to add except uh thank you for doing this I, I i didn't know the podcast existed until you contacted me back in april or may right before i was about to leave and say uh would you be interested in doing this so two of the great discoveries for me on uh, this whole field uh, over back in the spring was discovering your podcast and uh, discovering NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, which also covers comic books and oh, things right like on. that from time to time. And uh, honestly, yeah, I mean, I've subscribed to intellectual podcasts, but these are the two I've actually really, really enjoyed <laughs> listening to over the summer. It was a great part of my little summer sabbatical. Well, that's fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, and I thank you both for being here. I suppose maybe I would just offer these uh, parting thoughts. So... In the end here, what makes a collector? I don't know that it's any one thing. We all seem to collect different things and collect in different ways. So some of us are completists and others are more casual. Some of us take our toys out of the box and display them. Others (laughs) keep them sealed and out of sight. Uh, Some of our fathers uh, share their stuff with their kids and others keep them locked away. (laughs) 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 So we all collect in in different ways. And I think the why of the collecting is, is different too. There are a lot of reasons, a lot of factors that drive us. So sometimes it's pure enjoyment. We love these characters. We want to follow their adventures. Sometimes maybe it's the habit and the routine. There's perhaps maybe a little bit of a speculator in each of us where we are keeping our eye on the value of these things and looking ahead to potentially selling them one day. I think pride and a sense of ownership is a big piece of it as well, feeling like you own a piece of of these characters and their history. And also just having a tangible representation of of all of these things. I think the thrill of the hunt is important too, Mm -hmm. and that's a big factor. And certainly with art and with you know statues and even toys you know their decoration they're they're you know again that visual representation of of our fandom so we collect different things and we collect them in different ways if there's one thing that unites us and connects us i think it's passion and mm. if you have that passion now you know embrace it and relish it because you might not always have it but if you do find that you lose that fire you might be able to get it back and experience a rebirth even if it's a different kind of rebirth than you were expecting. This is Season 2 of My Comic Shop History, and I have been your host, Anthony Desiato. Thank you for listening, and as always, don't be a flat squirrel. <laughs>